Elia's ears went flat against her head. Moore stiffened, following the mare's line of sight. To the tangle of wood to their left, little more than a thatch of trees from this distance. She rubbed Elia's neck. Easy, she breathed. Easy. Even in these woods, ancient terrors had been known to emerge. But Moore scented nothing, saw nothing. The tendril of power she speared towards the woods revealed only the usual birds and small beasts. A heart drinking from a hole in an iced-over stream? Nothing. Except... There. Between a snarl of thorns. A patch of darkness. It did not move. It did not seem to do anything. But linger. And watch. Familiar. And yet... Foreign. Something in her power whispered not to touch it. Not to go near it. Even from this distance. More obeyed, but she still watched that darkness in the thorns, as if a shadow had fallen asleep amongst them. Not like Azriel's shadows, twining, whispering. Nothing that stared back, watching her in turn. Best left undisturbed, especially with the promise of a crackling fire and a glass of wine at home. Let's take the short route. Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amber. This is a fan podcast where we discuss our current book obsession. We're going to break down chapters, characters, themes, and let's be honest, gossip about our theories relevant to the magical fairy-filled lands of Prithian. Just so you know, this podcast will contain spoilers and is explicit. We swear and we talk dirty. If you don't get worked up over the phrase, grab the headboard, or hello, Farrah darling then proceed with caution. We hope you enjoy being a part of our book club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stay smutty. Hello, listener darling, and welcome back to another episode of the House of Wind Book Club with your book besties, Hannah and Amber. Buckle up for the best chapter in the book. Mm-mm-mm-mm. It's getting hot in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So take off all your clothes. Reese is mm-hmm. so super hot. Baby's gonna take her clothes off. <laughs> also, um, have you started Crescent City 3? Oh, yeah. <gasps> We're recording this on January 20th, but this episode comes out on January 30th? 30th? Hello from the past. We are probably currently actively reading flame and shadow right now yes this will actually this comes out on the 31st so the day after the release so we've at least uh yeah we've at least dabbled hannah and i both work on the 30th so and the 31st so um eh. please don't give us any spoilers please don't give us any spoilers please Mm. let us read it by ourselves and don't talk yeah. to us about the book until we're done. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, uh, for real, though, on a very serious note, I posted a, a story about this, but not everyone always sees those. Um, in general, 
let's just be respectful of everyone's experience with this book. Amber and I, a one million percent, are so jazzed to talk about this book with you guys. We want to talk about this with you. We want to chat in the DMs. We want to do all that good stuff. But you need to make sure that you wait for we'll probably make a post so that it's there and it's there forever. And you can just see we have read it. We're probably not going to actively talk about it until our Patreon episode. But just so you guys are aware, like we'll let you know when we are done with it and ready to engage in meaningful conversation about this book. Please do not spoil this for us or for anybody. Yeah. And generally speaking, we're probably going to be relatively absent on social media this entire week. Uh-huh. Um, oh, a thousand percent. So don't don't be alarmed if we're not responding to messages like we normally do. Um, we're here. We're around. We're just reading. We're reading in every spare moment of time. Every spare <laughs> yes. moment, people. So yeah. we hope you're having a great freaking time, though. And your heart is wow. OK. Yeah. Are you having palpitations? It's two weeks before we... No, 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 God. It's only 13 days. It's... 13 days? You know that. And my heart is already unwell. My brain just short-circuited because I had to try to do math. Oh, Amber, we are 10 days away from the release of this book, just so you know. Yeah, well, yeah, how about that? Um... It's insane. But I was just thinking Sarah J. Mass should put a warning at the beginning of her books to consult your physician. Yeah. We're diving into her books. Just like, you know, like on the treadmill. Where like it's on like, the treadmill. Consult- yeah. Consult your physician before starting any exercise routine. This book will be our cardio for the week. I've already, I've like yeah. written a love letter to my gym. Will not be seeing you for one entire week. Like, it's not happening. You think SJM will send like the equivalent of a doctor's note to my work if I just don't show up? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Sorry, she's emotionally traumatized from this book. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm saying it now. This is me before reading the book. I'm, I'm ready. ready to be destroyed. Do I'm your ready worst, for the SJM. Ride. Yes. Fuck me Do up, your please. Your freaking worst. I'm ready. Mm. Oh man. On that note, <laughs> if you are gonna listen to flame and shadow i have already pre-ordered the audible so that i because i know i'm gonna be listening and reading listening and reading like i obsessively do when it's a book that i can't put down uh if you want to listen to house of flame and shadow on audible as a listener of this podcast you can get a month free trial and a free title so you could download flame and shadow for free and you can find that at www.audibletrial.com slash house of wind Heck yeah. Seriously, just do it. Just do it. Freaking do it. Audible? Go ahead. Audible? I was just going to say, I'm a person who, I have a really hard time sitting for long periods of time. So Audible is great because you can listen to it like while you're doing all of your like daily shit. But also I have other hobbies that I enjoy besides reading like knitting or painting Or, Mm -hmm. you know, walking your dogs, things you like to do that you can't physically hold a book and, like, read it with your eyeballs. So, like, letting your ears do the reading really, truly is amazing sometimes. So I have gotten through almost another entire Harry Potter house scarf uh, while listening to my Sarah J. Mass rereads. Hell yeah. It's the way to do it. Yeah. It's amazing. It it is one of the biggest things that, like, motivates me to work out. Mm-hmm. Like, I love listening to music, but even more so, like, when I'm in a really good part of my book, I will stop reading and I will save it so I can be extremely motivated at the gym when I'm listening to it. Yes. It's it's just I like, it. it's such a visceral experience when you can listen to it. It's, it's just so fun. It's so fun. Agreed. I love Audible. Also, check out our Patreon. At this point in time, we will have released our Patreon episode for quote unquote February. Um, but we just wanted to release it a little bit early. And this is for the um, Valkyries, for the tier two. We wanted to release it a little bit earlier for February, but it is our Crescent City 3 kind of predictions and theories and just general reactions to CC1 and 2. Um, and it was a lot of fun. So check that out. And also yes. our February Patreon for our tier one is also going to be pee good. So look at that. Yes. And in general, <laughs> if you you want our 
thoughts and feelings about Crescent City 3. That will be our following. So like anything Crescent City related that you want to hear us talk about, we're not going to be talking about that on the podcast. It's going to be on that part of Patreon, just so you know. So keep your eye out for the Valkyrie level. That's where all of our big SJM talk is is going to be, mm-hmm. just so you know. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Last episode was so much merriment and so much joy in the first few chapters. It was like true solstice spirit and all mm-hmm. the beauty that it has to offer. I've realized that solstice to them is like Christmas and New Year's combined. Yes. It is like all the cozy, wonderful things of Christmas, but also like the resolution, kind of like the dark, fun mystery of New Year's all in one. It is that's why Solstice is so neat. Which Amber, I would love I think it would be so cool to actually like have a Solstice celebration. I had a patient that she is um well she described herself as pagan. I know there's a lot of different, you know, like branches of that. But I just think it's so I love the idea of how she was describing it to me. It was a lot like how they celebrate it in this book. And I'm like, I love the idea of just celebrating. It's like a separate thing. I I like that. I'm in. I'm yeah. in. I think we should do that. Yeah. yeah. And so Solstice was wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. Even with Moore's atrocious gift giving. <laughs> Elaine made a giant cake for Farah, and everyone exchanged presents. And Nesta did in fact come to the party and for a vast majority of the time it went quite well, all things considered. Until dot 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 <laughs> Cass followed her out. And Cass attempted to reach out to her directly. And it's really the first time they've talked since Highburn. This is like their first true interaction. And she is cold as ice, scoffing at him like he's nothing. And naturally, Cass is just defeated at this point. And mad. And devastated. And so he hurled his gift for her into the Cedra. And she knew that he followed her the rest of the way home, but when she finally made it to her rundown apartment, she curled into herself and embraced the emptiness and darkness that so often consumed her. Oof. Oof. (laughs) But enter chapter 22. Mm. I'm so excited for this chapter. Oh, yeah. This is... Listen... (laughs) do you remember when they all got back from the snowball fight and then Farah was like sending down the bond like hey you were supposed to take me on one of these walls and just like Mm -hmm. a casual casual like tidbit just keep that in your mind as reese delivers on his promise okay so this chapter i refuse to spare details so buckle up for some smexy time oh hell yeah The solstice events are coming to an end, right? It's 3 a.m. Cass has returned from his endeavor of, quote-unquote, walking Nesta home, and so he's upset. Elaine and Az are just, like, genuinely, sweetly talking about her garden. And Farah is exhausted, and she goes to remove her diamond cuffs in Reese. I just imagine, like, a a firm gripping of her wrist. It's like, "Mm, not yet. Mm. Not yet. I'm already, I'm already all in. And listen, they don't even say goodbye when he winnows her directly to the cabin. Quote, innocently. He just like innocently says, for some peace and quiet, mate. And anytime people, anytime SJM says sensual promise lay in his star flecked eyes, I am already screaming. I am already screaming. Yeah, because Reese is a man of his word. When it comes to following through on sexual promises. (laughs) And he looked at her and said, you look beautiful tonight. To which she said, you say that every night. Oh, my God. And just the fact that that was just like so casual. She's like, yeah, Reese, you say that like all the time. And he's like, yeah, but it's true all the time. And it's just like, it's just so genuine and he just just the fact that oh oh i don't even know i'm already i am already fangirling screaming screeching like i'm yes 
I love them. Listen. She looks down and she divulges that she's very fond of this gown. She's like, I know it's as a high lady, I should wear a new gown every day, but I I love this gown. But you've never told me where it's from. And he looked at her and he said, huh, I'm a little surprised you haven't realized where they're from yet. And then he tells her, my mother made them. Amber, this, this. Why? Who am I? Who is my brain? And who allowed my brain to forget this chapter? You. Oh, no. But also, how wonderful you got to read it. That's amazing you got to read it, though, and be, like, swept away by it again. I'm jelly. Yes. Entirely swept away. It's like I got to read it for the first time again. Oh, yes. That's what I'm talking about. That's amazing. As as a Reese girly, how that this slipped my mind. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, All right. But Reese's mother was a seamstress. And he just said long ago, when I was still a boy, she made them. All of your gowns. All for my future bride. For my future bride. He was like 12 years old. Every piece. He said every piece I have ever given you to wear, she made them. For you. Before you even existed. Centuries before you even existed. Before Pharaoh was even a thought. These gowns and her ring were just sitting for her, waiting for her to exist. I, I am in that like bittersweet. It's not even bittersweet. I'm like equal parts devastated and elated. Mm -hmm. It's just like one of those conflicting like holy shit moments. Yeah, because you know he's like wanting more than anything, wishing that his mother could have met favorite. I mean, yeah, yeah just. Oh. Also, his mom was really thinking ahead. Jeez. Like she, she really put a lot of time and effort yeah. into Reese's future maid. <laughs> but I love that though. So true. So true. Um, so Farah, after a while, and that kind of settled on them, she changed the subject to the tattoos on her palm. And she looked at the eye the eyes on each of her palms. And after teasing him about being a snooping busybody, she's like, I think, I think I want to change them. I want them to be the night court insignia mountain with three stars. And he is almost at a loss of words. I mean, he shouldn't be because he swore her in as high lady. So like this shouldn't be shocking, but he's like those last forever, you know, <laughs> she's like oh my god cue yeah. cue every grandma when they hear their grandchild yeah, is going to get so a tattoo true. you know that lasts forever <laughs> or the classic you've got a little you got a little dirt on you can you wipe yes. it off god. and Anyways, then he yes. he just he looks at her and says any last words before i mark you forever to which she said I have one last solstice gift for you. And she urged him to lower his mental shield. And she showed him. She showed him what she wants. Hoping it would be a gift to him as well. And his hands begin shaking. And they share a long look. And he finally says... Are you sure? Because we know this is this is something that he wants, right? Mm-hmm. He's he has had five hundred years to think about what he wants. Um, Farah is very young. She's very young. She has a lot of life to live. You know. Yes, even in like our standards as regular <laughs> yeah. humans, not in the fantasy realm. She's young. She's a baby. Yeah, she's a baby. And he ensures her we can wait. But she realized, and this is beautiful. I don't like the pregnancy trope people, but this was done tactfully. Mm-hmm. But she realizes so, yeah. she she doesn't want she doesn't want to wait. She wants this. Mm-hmm. And now the fun part, people. The fun part. Reese looked at her and asked, Shall we begin tonight, mate? 
<laughs> and as they slowly undress each other, Reese just asked, do you want to begin at the wall or finish there? And okay, I wrote this. I, I have to tell you what I wrote right here because <clears throat> when I was reading this chapter, I was like four cups of coffee deep and I had just finished my reread of Crescent City 2. Mm-hmm. But I was like sweating and shaking. I had to stand up when I was reading this because I was just like, oh, it, this shit gets me so excited. It gets me Amber. so excited. I am picturing. <laughs> okay, this is just a... <laughs> from your religiously traumatized friend. <laughs> In church, they... When people would read a really important passage from the Bible, they would stand up. I'm just picturing you giving this the reverence it deserves and just standing up holding the word of SJM and just being like, this is important. The word. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. So to his question of, do you want to begin at the wall or finish there? She, She literally, she's already beyond words. And he didn't wait Cannot for her to compute. answer. <laughs> Cannot compute. Because you want to you wanna know what Reese does? He kneels before her, winnows them to the wall, puts one of her legs over his shoulder, and ate her out like the king he is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just right into it. I mean, just... Bam. And I love, that's the thing I love about Reese is he's very much like, I'm going to take care of you first. Like, I want you to to find your pleasure. And like, that's the first thing he thought to do. Oh, God. But wait, there's more. There's so much more. (laughs) There's There's so so much much more. more. (laughs) Too hard to light. After he had his fill, and she is a wet noodle, essentially, he hoisted her up, pinned her against the wall, and asked, How shall it be, mate? (laughs) She took one look at him, and the galaxies swirling in his stare, and she said, Hard enough to make the pictures fall off. And as he laughed, low and li- low and wicked, he just said, hold on tight then. Hold on tight, spider monkey. Yep. <laughs> In a direct, oh my God. direct Farrah quote, mother above and cauldron saves me. Oh my God. <laughs> like, that is... Right? And this is... Okay. <gasps> and this is where... Okay. When... when Reese says this. You're like, oh, this is this is shit's going down. But this dude is so full of surprises. He starts excruciatingly slow. Mm-hmm. And his mouth, he gets going. He gets going, and so do we. <laughs> oh, you if there's one thing you know, if you have if you have made it this far, listener. You know. You know how we, we feel about dirty our dirty talk. mouth. Oh, talk dirty to the me. The dirtier the better. If uh, yeah, Ooh. any book with with someone that has just a filthy mouth, I love it. The plot could be mm. shit, but you have a filthy mouth, I'm in. Yep, same. <laughs> he so again, he starts slow and he just looks at her and says, "Every time. Every time you feel exquisite." And imagine, okay, we use your, I know your imagination's already activated, but like he's holding her, right? We're up against a wall and he licks up the column of her throat and continues to talk saying, I think about you, about this every damn hour, about the way you taste. Excuse me. Please hold. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. And he, okay, again, we're going really slow. So he gives her one thrust of what they wanted. But then he stops. This motherfucker stops. 
And he says, but mostly I think about this, how you feel around me, Pharaoh. And then he and then he doesn't he he goes for it. He's all in, but he doesn't stop talking. And he says, how you taste on my tongue, how even if we have a thousand years together, I will never tire of this. How you let me do such naughty, terrible things to you. Oh, my God. (sighs) And this isn't even the best part. I know. We're just getting started. (laughs) This isn't even the best part. What happens next is by far the best the best part. Uh, and at this point, Farah has forgotten how to speak altogether. And, and me too. Again, I'm... Uh, yeah. I've got no words. What are words? And she looks down between them. And Reese sees where she's looking. And they opened their minds to join as well. And as she is seeing through his eyes... God, (laughs) you guys. He looks at her and says, Look at how I fuck you, Farah. (laughs) Oh my God. My God. Like, this is like, could you? He, she is, she is, she's like, I can't. I, Looking down and seeing it through her eyes, and then also simultaneously seeing what he's seeing. I'm I can't even imagine. I it's like a brain mirror. Listen. Oh God. <laughs> and then they lowered their mental shields yet again. And she thinks and asks, Can you fuck me in here too? And then the entire world shattered. The entire world shattered. Because yes, yes, he did. He he did just that. And I don't know about any of you, but I can't imagine a more euphoric experience. Yeah. Like, imagine just being, like, fully immersed in a completely different universe. Mm-hmm. Like in your mind with someone that loves you as deeply as Reese loves Farah, while simultaneously having mind blowing sex against a wall. I, I <laughs> you know, I just like what he literally like fucks her soul <sighs> out of her body. Like, I mean, this is like. Yeah, she's having an actual out of body experience. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and uh, yeah, in the aftermath of what just happened between them, they look around to find that they, in fact, did push not just pictures, but vases. Like, shit is just on the floor and shattered and broken. And she took one look at him and whispered, Do it again. Oh my God. Do it again. <sighs> wow. That's something. That's something. That. that is good shit. That is good shit. And the next day, they're walking like that. I don't know. Like, they're Ow. just normal. <laughs> that fey <laughs> healing, I guess. Jeez Louise. And Reese took her to her present. And it's an estate and as he peppered her with kisses again apparently he's a fan of you know physical touch and words of affirmation at the same freaking time which maybe mm-hmm. that's why i love reese as much as i do because those are my two love languages and you know listen as mm-hmm. he's kissing her he just says build a house with a painting studio build a house with an office for you and one for me Build a house with a bathtub big enough for two and wings. Build a house with rooms for all our family. Build a house with a garden for Elaine, a training ring for the Illyrian babies, a library for Amrin, and an enormous dressing room for more. Build a house with a nursery, Farah. 
Oh, it's so good. Should we just end this episode right there? We're good. Yep. That's, that's all it. you need see to you hear for today. Week. Nothing else to see here. Oh my god. That that chapter are... is breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'll eat it up yeah. all day long. The only if I could only have one mm. meal for the rest of my life, it would be that. That chapter, is chapter twenty two of Frost and Starlight. <laughs> oh, oh boy, my gosh, so good! Thank you for beautifully walking us through that, Amber. That oh, was an experience. I'm glad you, you ever were my need guide. a play by play. I'm your girl. <laughs> <laughs> that is, and honestly, that is just a taste of. Come check out Patreon. The water's fine. True, we that. really. Our last episode was literally talking about like our favorite sex scenes. So in heavy detail. In heavy detail. So uh, come on over for that if you're uh, one of our people. All right. So <laughs> chapter 23. Reese's point of view. And we actually, I like the way this chapter starts. Mm-hmm. Because let me just, I'm telling you, I've said this before, you know, those times when you just have actual mind-blowing sex and then the next day you're like, okay, now I have to go about my actual day. And you're just like thinking about it like all day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is Reese. (laughs) We get just like a peek into how just it was so special for him that that sex with Feyre and just like how it actually was for him. And I mean, he even says like the sex was different than it was usually for them. And it was almost like it's almost like this final piece of them just fully bonding together. It's just like that last step you take, I feel like, you know, of deciding that you're going to bring life into this world. I mean, it's as a couple, it's kind of like for them it's like we took this step now here's our next step and i just feel like it was kind of like just the next piece in their journey which i i really mm-hmm. like that for them um i i think that's cool um and so we see that he's just holding on to this beautiful memory of last night and we're why? both just sitting here smiling <laughs> i just i wish you all could see the video cuz we're Hannah and i are both just like cheesing <laughs> oh, Oh, man. It's so good. But, you know, why are we holding on? <laughs> why are we holding on to that memory? Oh, it's Tamlin's music. <laughs> Someone's got to rain on our brain. As my girl oh, Barbara Streisand says. Yeah. This we go from this beautiful memory. He's holding on to it because we're going to Tamlin's house, you guys. <clears throat> Yay. Yay. So he's knocking on knock knock knocking on Tamlin's door. Tamlin's door. God. Oh. oh, the fact that we both knew exactly what we were going for in that moment. It's pretty good. That was beautiful. Uh, I miss you. So <laughs> We're knocking on Tamlin's door. Love you. And Reese gets no answer. And he uses his his powers to feel out the manor. <laughs> powers. <laughs> little ten- my powers. His little tentacles. Mm-hmm. And he finds Tamlin. And when he reached him, I don't think anyone was ready for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be completely honest, I personally was not <laughs> ready for the state in which we see Tamlin. Tamlin is just sitting in his kitchen with an elk, not a deer, an elk, bleeding out in front of him, and he's just staring blankly at it. So we go from one dark point of view to we're in another. Tamlin's not a good place. Um, As much as we don't like him in this point in time, Tamlin's not doing so hot. And Reese remembers Lucian's words about not kicking a downed male. And so he's just kind of neutral here. He's like uh, basically telling him, you know, I talked to Tarquin. He's cool with it. He's going to send some soldiers to the Supreme Court's borders. Uh, since you don't have any, uh, they're going to arrive soon. Just FYI. And Tamlin 
has no response other than, do you think she'll forgive me? I have, I have so many feelings, you guys. I, I have a lot of them already, just in general, but just particularly about this as well. I have a lot of feelings and they're all conflicting, which is why I like SJM. I feel like she has this ability to like really make you feel something deeply about a character, but then also have this little morsel of like, oh, but also this like you know and it just makes you think and Mm -hmm. as much as i wish i could just be like no tamlin fucking sucks i hate him he deserves all of this i know i know that he deserves it but also it just sucks seeing another person in this just dark not it does Mm -hmm. um and as we talked about (laughs) like i'm still not 100 percent sold that favorite needed to completely destroy the court (laughs) And all those soldiers, and I think that plays a big role into it, too. He's literally all alone. And Reese doesn't know the answer to this, obviously. Only Feyre can answer that, because we know he's talking about Feyre. And Reese just asks, do you want her to? And Tamlin simply says, do I deserve it? And of course, Reese is thinking, hell to the no, you do not deserve it. But then, in a shocking, shocking turn of events, Tamlin asks Reese if he forgives him for what happened with his mother and sister. And I love this. Reese is just like, hmm, you know, I don't really ever remember you particularly apologizing for that. Which, again, you know we feel very strongly about people specifically apologizing like say what you did wrong that's the first step is admitting what you did wrong and and Tamlin still doesn't apologize and just says I don't think an apology will make a difference anyways for either of you Tamlin at least start with an apology my guy like It can't hurt, right? Like, even if you feel like it's not going to do anything to help him get over it, like, just at least, I don't know. This is the antithesis of having such a toxic ego. And this is, this is the moment of like, if you, if you truly want forgiveness, right? If that's if that's your desire, not just to feel better about yourself, like if you because there's two different things, there's two different parts of an apology, right? It's because you feel like shit about it and you want to feel better about it. That's, again, human nature, people. I talked about it last episode. I'm going to talk about it again. It's human nature. We do something shitty. We feel bad about it. We want to feel better about it. That's when you have a strong ego. That's normally what drives an apology. If you're emotionally immature, yep. quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And if you yep. can't accept that, you probably don't even realize that's the internal motivator. Or you're kidding yourself and convincing yourself that it's out of the goodness of your heart and because like that's your only reason. When in reality, that's like 50% of the puzzle. The other 50% is because you truly do want them to know and understand that you're sorry. For an apology to work, you have to go into an apology and an acceptance of whatever shitty thing you did, knowing that when you say sorry, this part of your brain that wants to feel better about it may not get that satisfaction. And you have to realize that that's okay because the apology is not for you. It's for them. Yeah. Period. for the other person. Yes. And this is where Tamlin has so much growth that he needs is that he cannot apologize because I think he is absolutely terrified that Reese and or Farah are going to say it's not okay. Right. Like, yes, they will know they will get the satisfaction. Right. And we say that like, it's a bad word, but like, it's not a bad word. Reese and Farah will get the satisfaction to understand that the shitty thing you did you actually have remorse for it. 
And that's step one. They may not say it's okay right away or that they forgive you and they may never. And that's okay mm -hmm. too because what you did was shitty enough that you don't really deserve someone to tell you that it's okay. But just because you did something super, super shitty doesn't mean you don't deserve a second chance, but you have to earn it, boy. You have to, yeah. like, knock your ego down and apologize for them. For them, not for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A thousand percent to everything you just said. Yeah. Like, Tamlin, and I do feel like this is also anticlimactic in his character development in terms of, like, this is... This is a moment. This is a this is a real moment between him and Reese. I mean, this is Tamlin is at his lowest right now. And he's, you know, this could be a moment where we turn it around and you do apologize. And he just doesn't. And I just felt this like kind of like, whew, like the yeah. energy was just sucked out of this, you know, like in terms of. Tamlin coming around. I do hope eventually we do get. I'm I'm interested in 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 that as a possibility of Tamlin of it getting an inner sight into his journey and mm -hmm. that as well. So yeah, as I don't think we're done with his story yet. No, I don't think so either. Mm -mm. But right now, Tamlin is sucking. So <laughs> again, Reese heeds Lucian's warning about needing Tamlin as a future ally. So Reese uses his power to essentially just kind of like cook the elf, cook the elf, cook the elk. Oh my God. Oh no. Don't cook the elf. Oh no, cook no, the elk. no. <sighs> okay. Cook the elk. <laughs> Jeez. And um, telling Tamlin he needs to eat. And you can waste away after you help us sort out this new world. Which, I like the way that ended. For Reese. Yep. Yeah, I feel like that was... Interesting. It was an interesting Reese-Tamlin interaction. That was, yeah, unique. Yeah. So, chapter 24 kind of comes out of the blue, to be entirely honest. It's a mm -hmm. more perspective. And... Moore is kind of at the point where she clearly needs some peace and quiet. And we know that she's on her way. She's journeying to her new role in the Night Court, right? Which is to kind of be a spokesperson for the Night Court, essentially. And so she didn't tell anyone where she was headed. Tr where she was truly headed, that is. <clears throat> as she ventured to her estate. Surprise! Moore has a house. Um, yeah, what? Athelwood is what it's called. It just like comes out of nowhere. She has a house that she bought hundreds of years ago, and she really liked it because of the horses. A casual, more likes to ride horses, more and she horse has girly. one mare in particular. More is a horse girly, and she yeah. has one mare in particular. How do you say her name? Is it Elia? I, honestly, I don't know. Elia, Elia, I, I feel like either seem grammatically correct for, or phonetically. I like Elia. Go with that. Elia? Uh, yeah. Mm. Elia? Okay. So Elia is this mare's name. Mm -hmm. And we get, you know, it's like a little window into her life. She's She absolutely loves riding and it makes her feel alive unlike almost anything else. And more truly has to look like a Greek goddess when riding a horse. I mean, can Absolutely. you just imagine the beauty that Moore is and like her beautiful blonde locks like flailing in the wind as she's riding this gorgeous mare? I uh, And she's beaming. Like, yeah. Man. Moore uh, also I'm intrigued by her. I need more of her as well. Mm -hmm. And as Moore encouraged her mare to rest because they both needed it. The horse continued to pull the reins. And Moore just thought to herself, she'd run until her heart gave out. She'd never been quite as docile as her handlers desired. But Moore loved her all the greater for it. She's always been drawn to the untamed, wild things of the world. 
this is just like a very wholesome glimpse into who she is that makes me again really makes you realize like the characters like more in Elaine and as like like and even I mean not as much Lucian because we know quite a bit about him but like these chapters there's just so much up or these characters there's so much about them that we don't know and this yes. chapter feels very important important for like a really unique reason and that's because when more and a lot they continued to rest until the mare stiffened and more didn't sense anything mm-hmm. and neither did her power as she speared it into the woods except wait there was a patch of darkness quote it did not move did not seem to do anything but linger and watch familiar yet foreign something in her power whispered not to touch it not to go near it even from this distance more obeyed but she still watched that darkness in the thorns as if a shadow had fallen asleep amongst them not like Azrael's shadows something different something that stared back watching her in turn best left undisturbed oh i have chills and she decided to take the short route back to her home and they galloped away and she thought to herself as they galloped between the hills far from the woods what else might she see witness in lands where none in the night court had ventured for millennia the question lingered with every thunderous strep step from Aliyah over the snow and brook and hill its answer echoed off the rocks and trees and gray clouds overhead go go this Ugh. feels i don't know about all of you but this feels like a lot like thrown a glass yeah a lot like thrown a glass in a specific moment where I'm not really going to spoil anything, but you'll know what I'm talking about if you've read it. Mm-hmm. But it's in a specific moment where Aelin is in, she's training, and she comes across this darkness that's unlike any other, mm-hmm. and everything in her is telling her to run, and then she doesn't, and then what she encounters when she doesn't run, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just like immediately reminded me of that yeah and i just like this has to have some sort of influential i like there has to be a reason sjm told us about this right i think but there is there is nothing in this book there's nothing in silver flames that even talks about this Mm -hmm. this is the only snippet of this that we get in the entire series so far Mm -hmm. so why i ask i ask why 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 (laughs) that has been pulling at it like i I finished this chapter and i was like listen i don't i don't even have a clue i i'm so confused i know i'm flustered (laughs) only sjm can leave you feeling that way i mean it's it's yes i agree this is important and it's just enough to make you go but why? Like why though? Or is she why? just? Or is SJM just fucking with us? That's also my theory. You know how they're like. I always talk about this, mm-hmm. and especially as we get into like Crescent City Three, obviously just released. But like as we are coming up to this book, there's so many people with a million different theories out there that I think SJM is such an evil genius that she plants little things that we think. Or Easter eggs, when in reality, she's, like, trying to divert us from what's actually happening. I think she just likes messing with us a lot. And so I don't trust half the shit that's out there because I don't think anything's going to come of it. Because she's a diabolical genius. That's just how she rolls. And I can't decide if this chapter is that. Because it feels like she's trying to be nonchalant and just, like, slip this little bit of information in there. Uh But, like, why? Why? Yeah. Are you being sneaky because it's important? Or are you being sneaky because it's actually not, but you want us to think it is? Yeah. It, it's because it literally could just be a creepy creature in the forest and that's it. 
She is the cat. We are all the mice. Yeah, for sure. A thousand percent. Yeah. But I do. And, and we I are do... in a in a maze that is very complicated. We're just a bunch of lab rats. We are. I And I have fallen victim to trying to piece it all together. And not because I want to guess what happens, but just because I find it thoroughly entertaining, just connecting things, connecting the dots. But I will say here, I think I think I love this because it really the feeling that Moore has here where she's just kind of like I'm restless. I I do feel the need to go and like see the lands and scour the world and like see all the things like what are the possibilities and I love that because that's literally how I operate. I like always want to be seeing new things, exploring, traveling. And I just love this part of more where I'm like, I, I like horses. I was never like a hardcore horse girl. Like I feel like more had posters of horses like up on her wall. And if you were that girl or you knew that girl, you know what I'm talking about. And oh, yeah. I just feel like that's very much Moore's personality. Like she would have been like that, but I just love that. I love I love her. And I love this chapter where we just really get to see her more. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> oh, uh, more. Well, oh, more. So make sure you guys read chapters 25 through 28 to be prepared for the next episode. Thank you guys so much for choosing to be a part of our book club. Special shout out to our Patreon members. We appreciate you all and all of your support. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on both Spotify and or Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at House of Wind Pod. Well, period. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> House of Wind Pod. Period. Period. <laughs> hey. Email us your theories or burning questions to House of Wind Podcast at gmail.com and all of this can be found in the show notes. We'll talk to you next week. Stay smutty. <laughs>